0: And I remind myself that the only way that you can get to the land of intimacy is through this valley of vulnerability. You can't get to intimacy without vulnerability.
1: Welcome to Wild and Sublime, a sexy spin on infotainment, no matter your preferences, orientation, or relationship style. Based on the popular live Chicago show, I chat about sex and relationships with citizens from the world of sex positivity. You'll hear meaningful conversations, dialogues that go deeper, and information that can help you become more free in your sexual expression. I'm sex educator and intimacy coach, Karen Yates. Today, our panel discusses the toxic effects of the silent treatment during arguments and what you can do to change the dynamic. Plus my sermon on the pubic mound, keep listening. Have you been thinking, I'd like to start a podcast? Well, let me suggest beginning your journey with Buzzsprout, the best way to launch, promote and track your podcast. Buzzsprout is a podcast host with both free and paid plans. With them, your podcast gets listed in all of the major podcast directories like Apple, Spotify, Google and more. Plus, you get a website. And if you say that Wild and Sublime sent you by clicking on our affiliate link in the show notes, you get 20 bucks and we get 20 bucks. Nice. Go to the show notes to begin. Hey folks, have you ever been in a relationship where things completely shut down when you're having an argument? where your partner either sequesters themselves in another room, becomes obsessively busy, or gives you the silent treatment, basically ignoring you? Well, the term for this is stonewalling, and there's no way around it. It sucks. We had a Wild and Sublime Patreon member ask our panel about it, and I think you'll get a lot out of the answers given. I know I did. And stick around for my sermon on the pubic mound at the end of the episode, where I'll talk a bit further on it as well. You'll now be hearing from sex coach and pleasure mentor, Tazima Paris, relationship and sex therapist, Corey McWilliams, and queer kinky polytherapist Jason Best of Best Therapies, who will be kicking us off. Let's go on to Enjoy. the next question for Jason. My partner, when we start having an argument, basically goes into his office, shuts the door and sulks for like two hours or even a full day. This seems insane. Then he doesn't want to talk about it when he comes out. We don't get into a ton of fights, but this is what happens when it gets intense. What do I do? Signed, Stonewall, and I don't mean in a rainbow kind of way.
2: Oh, so sad. So if I was to drop a a solo ballad, it would be maybe Stonewall, not in a rainbow kind of way. So look for that maybe this summer, (laughs) next year. Oh, no. I mean, so first of all, when people tell me stories like this, where they have these super intense arguments, communication completely shuts down, sometimes for hours, sometimes for days. I've heard for weeks or even months sometimes where people are just, you know, icing each other out. Oftentimes, what I think is, first of all, the initial argument got way too heated. You know, it probably got to a place where both parties were very flooded. Their hearts were racing. Their adrenaline was going. They went into that fight, flight, or freeze response. A lot of people in that response will sometimes go for the freeze, which is stonewalling, right? Sometimes it's completely shutting down. You might even be in the same room with your partner and they might look like they have a very blank face. They might just not be talking. Sometimes that can be incredibly infuriating you know, for these people's partners because they might seem like they don't care or they're not calm. But if you put a heart rate monitor on these same people, their heart's beating a thousand miles a minute. Mm. You know, they are flooded with adrenaline, flooded with these intense stress hormones. So I, I'm a big fan of taking a break. I think breaking from each other is good. I think one, you have to work more on striking while the iron is cold, right? You have to get in outside of an argument, outside of like some big disagreement and say, like, hey, the way we're doing these arguments isn't working for me. This is feeling really uncomfortable. It's really messy. It feels awful. And the fact that we don't really come back and have a resolution just feels like we're leaving it wide open. So you have to have those conversations and then talk about what could we do? What could our off ramps be earlier? Like what if you took a break a little bit before, or maybe a lot before you you reached the point where you had to go off and hide in your room for a day or two? Could we look at that? I would give you that permission. I would want you to have that time for yourself. I want to listen to you. Sometimes when we're listening, we have to work on setting aside our agendas. We have to set aside our desire to persuade the other person and really try to take in what they're saying. And then, you know, we ask them to give us the same courtesy. We want them to hear us because if you're not communicating well, if you're not talking well, that's a big problem. I will say one last thing on this. Stonewallers tend to be men. It's more likely that the person is masculine and the other thing that um i kind of heard is this desire not to come back and talk about the feelings involved you know i have absolutely seen stonewallers of every gender i've seen you know people who are afraid of talking about these meta emotions these emotions that they might consider negative anger anxiety frustration there's some people that don't see the benefit to it and they will resist it it is a mistake you know if you can't share those problems they tend to come up again and again. If you can't resolve them, I know it's a, it's awkward to talk about sometimes, it can be difficult to talk about, but if you don't go back and kind of put them to bed, then they can be like zombies waiting for the chance to rise up and, you know, eat your brain. So, you know, working on talking more about those uncomfortable feelings, obviously that might be time to go see a therapist if you guys can't do that yourselves. I would recommend someone with Gottman training because I think that's a really great model to follow in working with these kinds of issues. You know, I'm guessing that my co-panelists have some great responses to this too, so I won't keep talking for another five hours. But I think this is the kind of case that I love because I think there's so much that you can do sometimes with these confrontations to really relieve a lot of stress and anxiety in the relationship.
1: Awesome. Corey and Tazima. I'd love to
0: share a couple things that I know about emotions. Everything that Jason was saying, especially around taking the break earlier, I completely want to highlight that. That is super important. I also want to encourage people to get support about the dynamic of the relationship, the dynamic of how, how you enter into difficult conversations or what happens when everybody gets heated. Because understanding that dynamic is difficult to do from the inside. It's extremely challenging. It's hard to access sort of logic and theoretical stuff when you feel so hurt or you feel so angry or whatever. I wanna share a little bit about the emotion stuff that's happening at those times. So if, if someone feels threatened and the fight or flight thing is happening, fight or flight or freeze is happening, oftentimes, The stone wall I found is is a cold version of anger. And anger is usually the hard, spiky, protective covering over softer, more vulnerable feelings. And if you can start to access for the partner that's behind the stone wall, (laughs) what is underneath that anger or that guarding or the protective layer? Is it hurt? Is it fear? Is it these other vulnerable sadness? What's going on underneath that? Being the person who's been stonewalled out, you may not be able to get in there to ask that person, but also notice what's going on for you. If this person is reacting in this way, what are my emotions in this moment? What am I feeling in this moment? And and then thinking about, oh, wow, if this person is upset enough that they're stonewalling their protecting themselves, what's going on underneath that thing? Because we tend to like fight with the spiky part. <laughs> We're like spiky part against spiky part. But really what's happening is that is that inside, what's the soft stuff on the inside, more vulnerable feelings. And I like to highlight for my clients and, and people who are going through similar things, and I remind myself that the only way that you can get to the land of intimacy is through this valley of vulnerability. You can't get to intimacy without vulnerability. So if you've got an impervious layer of Stonewall or spiky anger or witty quips even, or sarcasm or any of that you know stuff, you're not gonna get through that hard outer shell. It's a voluntary opening that both people would need to start doing in order to break that down so that you can reconnect and you can repair the rift that's happening. And, and my heart goes out to, to Stonewall.
1: Corey, what do you have to say?
3: A couple of things, just real quick, just to reiterate. Yeah, feelings. Some people aren't tuned into that. Some people never learn to identify and some people don't have the language of it. If that's the case and you know your partner's the case because they go and they hide out for two hours and they don't want to talk about things, then as a caring partner, we can maybe try to empathize and see what it is they're needing. You know, we can ask them, we can make empathic guesses about what they need, but trying to really connect with what's underneath. Those feelings, what's causing the shutdown, I think is really important. And, and one of the things those people who don't like feelings, unfortunately, as humans, we all have them. Uh, the problem is not in having them. The problem is how we deal with them and how we express them. And does that match up with our partner's ways and what they know? And oftentimes, that's a source of conflict, right? I want to talk things through and you want to go hide for two hours. Okay, we're going to have to find some way to reach common ground that starts with understanding each other. Uh, and understand each other's needs and their feelings and sometimes the language of needs is maybe a little less threatening to people who don't want to talk about feelings but the way i think about feelings is that they all come out of either needs that are met or needs that aren't met the good feelings come out when our needs are met yay i got what i wanted when our needs are not met mm, mm, you know and that's when we start striking out so
1: yeah, I like that work around a lot about needs versus emotions, like that some people just don't want to talk about the emotions. But if you if you phrase it a different way, yeah. um, I don't have feelings.
3: What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I do have needs, though. Right. Um,
0: <laughs> while while we're on feeling the, even the word feelings, I want to identify, too, that people sometimes mistake Ideas for feelings. So mm. I feel hurt is very different from I feel like you intentionally hurt my feelings.
1: <laughs> like a, it's like a bad pool shot. Bing, bong, bing, bong, 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 Thank <laughs> you. So anytime shot.
0: you hear yourself or your partner um, saying, I feel like, that's my flag to say, this is an idea and a concept. Uh, it's a thought more than it is a, a feeling and an emotion specifically.
1: If you're interested in finding out more about therapist Corey McWilliams, Jason Best, and his practice Best Therapies, or to Zima Paris and her company Infinite Relating, go to our show notes. And did you know that all Wild and Sublime episodes have transcripts? Go to the episode on our website and directly below the audio player, you'll see the link and you'll be able to download them wild and sublime is supported in part by our sublime supporter full color life therapy therapy for all of you at fullcolorlifetherapy.com and now it's time for my sermon on the pubic mound As we just heard, making your way through the stonewall experience is hard, both for the person erecting the wall and the one wanting to tear it down. In some regards, as far as I can figure, there are some points that apply to both parties. First, it's not about you. If someone you're in a relationship with is building a wall, that 100 percent has nothing to do with you. Wall building is a coping mechanism that started long before you came along. So get out of the spinning thoughts like, if only I had said this instead of that, or if I do this one thing, it'll change my partner's behavior. It won't. You're not that powerful to be able to get into your partner's head with a wrench and turn a few bolts and then they start acting like you want them to. It doesn't work like that. Now, if you're the one building the wall, it has nothing to do with you either. What do I mean? The wall builder is a version of you from a long time ago who started building walls as an act of self-preservation. It made total sense back then, but that scenario and that person no longer exists. But you're using the same playbook. That playbook is outdated. Do you want a better one? Well, guess what? You have to do something different. Like the old saying goes, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. Which leads me to the second point, self-esteem. You might think that building a wall preserves your esteem and keeps you protected, but I'm sorry to say, based on personal experience, the wall is actually an airtight vault that's probably killing you. Okay, that sounds grim, but I wanted to get your attention. If you can't share your thoughts with your partner, that means nothing's getting out. But that also means nothing new is getting in. You're in a repeating loop. And we all know from the matrix what that means. You're actually in some weird little box getting your life juices sucked out of you. So why is this an issue of self-esteem? Because you are important enough to talk about what matters to you, even if initially it comes out as an inarticulate mess. If you have the courage to share what matters to you, that builds self-esteem because you are actively showing yourself that you respect yourself. And the more you share, the easier it gets. And then over time, things change in general because you're able to take in new information that reinforces self-esteem. And here's a cool secret. The more you do this, the less important your partner's reaction is because you're actively engaged in a more important relationship, the relationship with yourself. And for the person who is with a stonewaller, self-esteem can get built by unhooking from the drama. Okay, so they want to be obsessively reorganizing the broom closet or hiding out in the basement and not talking to you. That's cool. You can go for a walk or get together with a friend or read a book and feel good. You don't have to suffer because of their issues. Because remember point one, this has nothing to do with you. So let go and enjoy your life. Well, that's it, folks. Have a delightfully pleasurable week. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on social media at Wild and Sublime and sign up for newsletters at wildandsublime.com. Got feedback or an inquiry? Contact us at info at wildandsublime.com. I'd like to thank our design guru, Jean-François Gervais, and the Creative Imposter Studios, our editing company. Theme music by David Ben-Porat. Our media sponsor is Rebellious Magazine Feminist Media at rebelliousmagazine.com.